0: Gucci. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Come, meet the family. Everybody, this is Patricia, and this, this is my family. Kick this out! They had it all. Wealth, style, power. Who wouldn't care for that? My nephew. I have been a Gucci all my life. It is an empire. You can help the family. Gucci is not exciting and everybody knows it. Well, at least it's my name, sweetie. Our name, sweetie. Gucci needs no blood. Gucci is what I say, please. Is. This is not a woman's game. Remember that. Madness. Who does he think he is? It's time to take out the trash. Gucci is a rare animal. He must be protected. Protected from whom? From whoever threatens it. What game are you playing? But what a family! You'll play that. Gucci is my name too. Who does what? Oh, don't miss. I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. I subscribe to unconventional (laughs) punishments. Everyone and welcome to an all new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, it's a double cinematic review. As today I checked out Ghostbusters Afterlife in my matinee, and then tonight the seven o'clock world premiere of House of Gucci with an all-star cast, which includes Lady Gaga. Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, directed by Ridley Scott. This is right down my alley. Once the trailer came out, I knew I was going day one. Uh, and I know this is not the movie like everybody goes out to, to the theaters to go see, right? Everybody goes out for the Marvels and, and the Jurassic Parks and all that stuff. But for me, I get excited about movies like this. These are the movies that still get my blood going, you know? I think, to me, they're the heartbeat uh, of movie theaters. Uh, Of course, that's just my opinion. The world has changed so much, especially with this pandemic and the way we consume entertainment. But uh, more on that in the main event. Uh, So it'll be a double review that'll be coming up later in the show. I wanted to talk about a few things, though. First off, Ghostbusters Afterlife premiered in theaters this past weekend, opened up to about 44 million coming in 2 million less than the 2016 version which was an all female cast rebooted version by Paul Feig hated on trashed on by the uh, toxic fan base of that franchise uh you know i remember i enjoyed that movie for what it was i know it wasn't the best but um i was fine with that take on it and trying something new and moving it into the 21st century and this is where i have problems with with toxic fan bases So everybody talked up Ghostbusters, and I've heard this for like so many years and, you know, seen it online and all that stuff. How Ghostbusters is this just huge franchise and like this super beloved, and I get all that, like that's cool. But the way I remember it, like Ghostbusters had, what, a total of two movies before that, uh, 2016 reboot? And even then, they only had really one good movie. I, I can I can watch and I, I think i I'm pretty sure I like the sequel, but you know I, I don't remember that much about it other than the guy in the painting like that's really all I remember about that movie. the first Ghostbusters yes fun and all that stuff and it's a it's a classic and you know it's played a lot on TV and it's definitely one of those that gets re-released on on physical media so many different times um but like one movie really like and after all this time. You know, I thought it was gonna build up this huge like anticipation for it, kind of like not as big as Star Wars, but you know, it's it's that type of franchise, right? Like the logo's very well known, the music's very well known. And again, hot take from me, I put this on Facebook uh, a couple of days ago where I said I, I think the the soundtracks of these movies are better than the actual movie itself. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm sure I'll get a lot of flack on that. And there's a lot of fans of the Ghostbusters out there, right? at least perception wise, right? Like that's, that's the way I'm seeing it. That's the way I see it online. And I say this sometimes, you know, the the social media and all that stuff is almost not reflective of what's going on in the real world. So I see the opening weekend number for this Ghostbusters, which is so tailored to nostalgia and so many Easter eggs of the past. I mean, the director has been upfront and saying that it's the son of the guy who did the original movie so i mean only 44 million and i don't want to hear the excuse about the pandemic or anything like that because you got movies like venom opening up to 90 million you got fast 9 opening up to like 70 plus 40 million really this is what the ghostbusters this huge fan base that i'm hearing online and, and throughout all these years and this is everybody that shows up for it like again it's not reflective of what's going on in the real world like yes it was number 1 at the box office great you know at least in my, my line of work it's great that people are coming out to the theaters to see this but i was expect i was expecting honestly like you know i was being conservative conservative 55 60 million but the way ghostbusters and the whole mythology and the the lore of it i was expecting it to be like 80 90 million probably somewhere in that range like that's the perception i'm seeing online and like after all that i poked i poked fun of it like really like 44 million two million less than the 2016 version which had an all-female cast so and everybody all the toxic man children like just blasted this movie just didn't want to give it a chance could it have been better yes but like the 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 hate that this movie got and the, uh, you know, threats and all the insults, you know, I think it, this drove certain people away from social media, like that starred in that movie. I think it was like Leslie Jones left social media because of it. Just this toxic fan base. And this is a total amount of that, for the most part, that fan base is included in this, this version of Ghostbusters that came out, 44 million. So I'm unimpressed with it. You'll get my thoughts on the actual movie later, but that's the movie that has nothing to do with the fan base. And, you know, I, it's just, that's funny to me. 44 million, like, that's not impressive. Don't tell me Ghostbusters is this huge thing. And, you know, after seeing this one, like, I don't even know how much, you know, mustard there is for, like, a sequel. Like, I don't think they got much left other than they, they honestly keep referring back to the nostalgia. Uh, and and sometimes that's all it is. Like, I think that's that's really all it's become. That's what the last set of Star Wars movies were to me. That's what it felt like. It was just rehashing the past, rehashing the past. And you guys are going to call me biased probably in a mark for this, but I loved what the Rocky series has done with the Creed movies and moving that forward into a new direction with a new character, new story moving forward. They've done this on uh, Cobra Kai, continuing, continuing the Karate Kid story, but also focusing it on new characters and developing new stories and layering the characters from the past and having them, like, not... Be so, like, black and white and cookie cutter. Like, there's so many layers to these characters now, and they're pushing it forward. Like, if we had gotten that, for all this other stuff that's been going on Star Wars, um, you know, this Ghostbusters, which I'm gonna talk about later. Like, I'd be okay with bringing back all these franchises, but if you're, if you're bringing it back just to do the exact same thing, then it's just, what are we doing? You're doing it just for the money. That's what it looks like to me. And, and nostalgia's fun, but it gets tiring if that's all you're like putting all your chips on. Move the story forward. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and speaking of like toxic fandoms and expectations, um, the Spider-Man No Way Out trailer number two came out last week. And you know, expectations of fans has become so like, To the point where if they don't get it the way they want it to, it's it's not good. You know? Like, and I hate that when it comes to to movies. I like I've never been like that. I I used to be so obsessed with finding out everything about the Dark Knight. But I was never in a position of like, oh well this movie better have this, and if it doesn't have this, it's gonna be awful. Because then I'm setting myself up for failure. Instead of just allowing what's presented on the screen, the art that's given to me and just letting it unfold and see how it happens, whether I and I could like it or not like it. And that's that's my opinion. But the expectation of fandoms these days, it's like if if I don't get what I want, like this movie sucks. And that's just that's just the wrong way to go about things. So this whole lead up to this Spider Man movie, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited for it, but I, I'm poking a lot at it, mostly at the fandom. And not all the fandom. Like I know, I, there's genuinely great Spider-Man fans out there that are looking forward to this, and I'm happy for them. Like, it, and I'm excited for it too. Like, I mean, I like the Spider-Man character. I mean, I I adore the Tobey Maguire ones. I own that trilogy on 4K. Like, and I can't wait to rewatch those soon, just to you know get hyped and get ready for it. But my attention is more on these like fan bases that want to break down every little thing, and them not. You, you don't want stuff spoiled for you, but yet you're always online looking for stuff. Like, why haven't they shown, supposedly, this is going to happen in the movie? And, that, again, that's where expectations, like, you need to temper them. So, from day one, uh, and I don't know how this started or or whatever. Like, they announced the, the third Spider-Man movie. It's in production, this and that, whatever. I didn't know what it was going to be. But I was like, I'll wait for a trailer and what's what. I'm not going to go looking for stuff. And I forgot where this originated from that toby mcguire and andrew garfield were going to be in the movie and there and there's been like no evidence of that i think no like set photos or anything like that up until like a few weeks ago from a dummy that released it um supposedly um but there had been no confirmation on that the actors themselves have denied it studios have denied it the producers have denied it Uh, the main star of the movie has denied it And it's like, if they tell you something, like, you should take it at face value. And now whether they're lying to you or not, like, that doesn't matter. They don't owe you anything. Like, they don't, it's like, it it would be like me wanting to know the results of a wrestling storyline or a match. And it's like, no, they don't owe it to me to tell me anything. Like, whatever happens, happens. And, again, I need to temper my own expectations of it. So, let's say, for example, they don't show up in this movie. But the movie's still good. Like, are you going to be upset because they're not in that movie? Like, does that change it for you? Because of your expectations, because of what you wanted, and not just living with what's presented to you and the story and all that stuff. Because that's the directors, the the creators, the writers. That's their prerogative, to tell the story that they want to tell. Christopher Nolan told his version of Batman that he wanted to tell. He took elements from the comic books, yes, but he told the story that he wanted to tell. Not catering to the fan base or telling me what I want. No, the story that they want to tell. And I will always respect filmmakers for that. Rocky's my favorite franchise. I will never expect like, oh, you need to have this in this movie. Or why, why didn't they do this in this movie? Like, no, I'm going to go with whatever story that Sylvester Stallone wants to present with this character. And then I can judge. Okay, I liked it or I didn't like it. And then, okay, you can make a proclamation but to say like if they're not in the movie you're not allowed to get mad because they're telling you they're not in it and if they are they don't know it to you to tell you and that's where it gets real weird with me and fans get real weird like where i don't understand it where you don't want to get spoiled but yet you want to go looking for like you want the confirmation of that little spoiler or newsworthy item of that movie like i find that very weird and uh Again, I've told this story on, on on a past episode how, you know, I was super obsessed with finding out everything about The Dark Knight Rises. And by the time I watched the movie, like, it was totally, like, like, the experience, I remember it being, like, not that fun or not that, like, you know. The movie, I mean, the movie was what it was. But, like, seeing all these little things, like, oh, I found that out through, you know, surfing through the internet and reading up every little thing, like I was like, I vowed to myself, I was like, never, I'm never going to do that again, never ever, even for it's a movie that I really want to see, like Creed Three comes out next year, I know that's one I'm going to be very pumped for, like whatever news comes out in it, casting cool, but I don't want to know story points, plot points, you know, someone that may show up in the movie may not show up, like I will never do that again, and I, and I wasn't even doing that for the Dark Knight movies, I just wanted to find out like, oh, this about the movie, whatever, whatever, whatever but I wasn't saying like, oh, this this movie needs to have this, this movie needs to have that, no so if they're not in the movie and the movie's good awesome, like, they told you the story that they wanted to tell, and plus they told you from day one that they weren't in it now if they're in it, cool, what, what does that do for you, like, you were gonna go see it anyway, you were, I mean, you're gonna enjoy it anyway, right? I I don't know. I just find these fandoms very odd to me. And I don't get it. If they're in the movie, cool. Like, we all get to cheer and, like, clap or whatever. And if they're not, and yet it's still a good movie, like, I'm going to clap and cheer either way. Like, (laughs) that's the story they wanted to tell us. It's not, it's your fault for putting those expectations on yourself when they weren't even there to begin with. Like, that's just something that you wanted. It's what you expected. And I don't think, you know, I don't think movies should work like that. And I know we're in an era now where everybody's opinion is voiced online. And, you know, <laughs> I want to talk, right? I have a podcast. But I don't come on this thing and tell you, like, the Matrix Resurrection better have this or it better explain that. I'm like, you know what? They're doing something. You know, that storyline wrapped up with those three movies years ago, and they're telling another chapter? Huh? I'm just gonna see how it unfolds. I'm not putting all these thoughts in my head, like, oh, like, well, you know, they they better set up for Lawrence Fishburne's return as, as uh Morpheus. Like, I'm not gonna do any of that. Because the director, Lana Wachowski, has a vision of what they want to present in this movie, and I'm gonna let her tell the story. Like, <laughs> who am I to put thoughts in my head of what I want this movie to be? It's not how movies work. And it sucks because a lot of filmmakers are starting to cater to that. And I think this latest Ghostbusters movie is a huge indicator of that. Again, I'll keep teasing it, but I'll talk about that movie in just a little bit. Um, So yeah, just temper your expectations. If it happens, great. What do you need? Validation? You need to like pump your fist in the air like, yeah, baby, I told you they were going to be in it. Like, what do you get out of that? You're gonna go see the movie anyway. So what does it matter? Trailers are, and I laugh at all these people on YouTube. I, I like to watch them just to see the ridiculousness of it all. Where they're trailer reaction videos or trailer breakdowns and they're trying to just, you know, dissect every little scene. This is what happens in this scene in the movie. Like, you don't know. Trailers can be completely out of context. Like, they, they don't tell you anything. It's nice to watch it as a hype video like me. I watched like the Batman trailer like a hundred times, but not like because I'm looking to dissect any little thing. It's just cause I'm, I'm pumped for it. Like I just like seeing the visual of another Batman movie that's gonna be in front of our eyes and on the big screen in a couple of months. Not because like, oh look, well maybe this is teasing the Joker and this is, this is what's gonna happen in this scene with, with the Catwoman and the Penguin and, the, and you know, just all of that stuff. Like I don't do any of that and I find that stuff to be super hilarious. But if that's your thing, cool. But again, you're setting your own expectations of what you want, not what the the directors and the writers are presenting to you. And then it's your fault if you don't like the movie because of those expectations instead of just enjoying the movie for what it is or not enjoying for what it is. But get those expectations out of here. I promise you, you will enjoy these movies better. And some of these people are, like, weird where they're like, I don't care if I get spoiled. Like, I will still won't have an effect. And I was like, that's odd. I mean, it happened to me in The Dark and Rises. I was like, I vowed to never do that again. Even now with trailers, I'm very, like, I'm very weird. Like, I'll watch it, except for, like, if it's something like The Batman, of course, I'll watch it over and over again to get hyped and just get my goosebumps going. But, you know like for example house of gucci i saw the trailer once cool like i'm gonna see the movie regardless i'm excited for it i don't need to watch it 12 times trying to dissect what's gonna happen in the movie like no i'm gonna watch it regardless so i don't know just movie going is just weird now for certain fandoms and it's just it doesn't i mean obviously it does bother me but i more than anything i just find it weird to me it's so weird But again, more on Spider-Man later, we're coming to December, we're now like, about what, less than a month away from this movie, so a lot of stuff on this podcast coming up on Spider-Man, and I'm going to get some guests on this show who are diehards of it, and maybe I'll get more to the bottom of this and see what's going on. Um, What else am I going to talk about? So before we get to Ghostbusters and House of Gucci and my reviews, um, wanted to tease a little bit. I think next week I'm going to do more of a, a television-centric episode because uh, this thought came into my head. So I finished watching uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, which was about Bill Clinton and, you know, Monica Lewinsky and that whole scandal and, and all that stuff. It was really, really well made. But it just, like, came and went. And other than, like, my mom who I watched like episodes with and I don't even know if she finished it but like nobody talked about it I didn't see anything online like no buzz about it and it wasn't like too long ago I forgot how many years ago it was back where they had done the American Crime Story and they did it on the OJ Simpson trial and that thing was like all over the internet everybody was talking about it it was buzzing but but again of course like as the years have gone on, there's just so much more streaming services, and there's so much more content now. And like now, it feels like stuff is just out there, and it's just there. Like nothing really pops anymore. Like where everybody's talking about it, and I found that to be very interesting. But again, this is just a tease. I think next week I'll dive more into that. And um, I think one of the shows that still like could get that buzz where everybody might be talking a little bit about it is Yellowstone and again I got the recommendation off my dad who never recommends anything to me and again I'm letting my DVR load up so I can catch up and do it on a on a quick you know it, it ain't gonna be like Sopranos I don't think but you know it'll be a quick binge and I can catch up and see if it's as good as everybody says it is because I hear it from a lot of people like I haven't heard anything bad about this show but like again this, this American Crime Story show was done really well and it was made by like Ryan Murphy who's like done glee and the uh, american horror story and all that stuff and but now it just feels like stuff is just out there like and there's just too much content for anybody to really grab a hold of and everybody's talking about it you know you got your netflix stuff where it's like cool for like a week or two like squid games i don't i don't have netflix right now that just goes to show like how out of touch i am with what's hip in the netflix world like i'm getting netflix in december when Cobra Kai comes back, like that's what has my interest. And even then that's not even a Netflix original, but I'm not getting that until December. And then I'll see what, what else is on there. Like a red notice. I haven't watched that yet. I had, I had the chance to watch it at my theater on the big screen and just didn't get around to it. But that's a huge movie with the rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. And, uh, you know, it just, it feels like it it was just like for a couple seconds, it was noticed. And then that's it, you know, pun intended, right? It's TV's just TV watching is just weird now. There's just so much stuff, and you know I miss the days of like, you know, a Seinfeld or Friends, where everybody just had their attention on it and everybody could talk about it. But really, I had I had nobody to talk about this American Crime Story with. Like, just and again, I'm not talking to just like people that I talk to in, in real life and who I converse with every day, but. Just, you know, on the internet. Didn't see anything on it. Unless, like, I really deep searched for it. I didn't see anything. And uh, I try to keep... Follow people that talk about everything. Movies, TV, and all that stuff. No conversation on that. It's It's just weird how much... There's just so much stuff out there. Again, Squid Game was popular for, what, like a week or two? And then, like, nobody's talking about it anymore. Like, it just comes and goes. And the same thing's gonna happen with Cobra Kai... When it shows up in December. Because you can binge watch all of it. And it's a topic of discussion for like a week. And then everybody moves on. Like there's not that lingering effect. And that just. That's what made me appreciate The Sopranos. Because I can only imagine. If I was watching that in real time. Week to week. And uh, there's a show coming back. And the trailer came out today. It was for Euphoria. Season 2 that stars Zendaya. I always get the name wrong. My daughter's going to get mad at me. Um. That's coming back. That's going to be a week to week show. Um, I mean, it's just weird. There's, I mean, there's stuff that's catching my eye that looks interesting. Uh, there's a show called Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus with Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler that looks so good. It looks like a movie, but it's a television series. Like that's how the lines have been blurred so much now. Like sometimes it just it looks like a straight up movie, but it's a series. Hulu's got one coming out on Pamela Lee Anderson and Tommy Lee. That's going to be interesting. It's got Seth Rogen. That looks like a movie, but it's going to be a series. Like, again, the lines are being blurred, and there's just so much content out there. Um, It's hard to really grasp and see what everybody's watching. Like, even Succession, which was a huge popular HBO show. I mean, it still is, but like, it used to be I would see all the conversation about that on Twitter. And now it's like I'll see one here and now now and then because it's just our attention is just in so many different directions now I I just I find that very interesting but again I've been talking already about it at length and I this is supposed to be just a tease but I'll talk about this more next week as I do a more television centric episode Uh, and as Hawkeye is about to premiere on Disney plus that's going to be a six episode little mini event I'm sure it could be a movie but they wanted to stretch it um so that I'll talk about that I'll probably have reviews of that Um, cause obviously I didn't watch the what if series again, so much content out there. I skipped it. Like, and I haven't looked back since, like I have no interest in going back to that, but Hawkeye. Yes. After Shang-Chi and after Eternals were just so mad to me, like, give me Hawkeye. I'm ready to see Jeremy Renner again. Uh, you know, that's crazy. Right. And I wasn't like too hyped to begin with this, you know, with this show, like when I heard that they were going to make Hawkeye into a TV show, like who cares? Like nobody cares. But now I'm like. Give it to me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, Yes. All television will be covered next week. Or just more talk about it. As we take a little break from the movies. right? Because after this weekend. After House of Gucci. And Encanto. And that other trash. Resident Evil. Welcome to Geek City. um, There's really going to be a a little bit of a break. Until we get to um, Spider-Man. In the middle of December. So we'll have time to digest Hawkeye and talk about all these other television shows that I, I mean with that one and see if I start to dive into Yellowstone. I think I've let my DVR built up just a little bit, just enough, but uh I'll give it a couple more days, but let's take a break. When we come back, you're going to get my double review of Ghostbusters afterlife and house of Gucci, which are in theaters right now. House of Gucci premiering tonight. Um, yeah, Stick around. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor. But with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. in Somerville, anyway we're completely broke and our our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere your father wasn't much of a homemaker he could hardly keep the power on you're saying he left us nothing well i wouldn't say nothing you went with station wagon it's the only one that had an engine What is happening here? Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Oh, my God. You guys hear that? Something's coming. The whole city took the walking dead closed welcome back to the show folks and now that i got all of my stuff out of the way as far as like getting after the toxic fanboy man children that is the ghostbusters franchise and star wars and all that stuff i mean and i'm not saying all of these fan bases you know everybody's got toxic fans right and, and whatever branch you know i like wrestling there's a lot of toxic wrestling fans out there um So I'm only speaking to like a small percentage of those. Like for the majority, there's a lot of great fans out there for, for every franchise. So don't think I'm picking on you specifically. If you are, if you think I am picking on you, then that's just a reflection of, of that fan base then. Like you're, you're, you're fitting into that category that I'm talking about. So that's on you. That's on you. Um, anyways, let's get to my first of two reviews here on this episode. The first one being Ghostbusters Afterlife. I saw this on the IMAX screen. Went in with very low expectations. And also not so much familiar with the other ones. Like I've seen those the first two movies. And of course I saw the 2016 uh, updated uh reboot with the female-led cast. You know, I enjoyed those movies. Like they are what they are. I would have considered them my favorites. Do I own them on home video? No. Would I watch it if it's on television? Sure. Like... I got nothing against the Ghostbusters movies. I like Bill Murray. I like Dan Aykroyd. I love Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, that whole cast. Even the new cast. Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy and Leslie Jones and uh what's her name from? Saturday Night Live. I like her a lot. Can't think of her name right now. Sorry. But I like everybody. Um But I went into this with, like, low expectations because I'm like, oh, man, is this thing going to be just straight up nostalgia bait and uh, you know I hate hearing noise from the outside like I like to experience the movie for myself so you know I didn't read a lot of critic reviews on this uh, I, I noticed a lot of the audience liked it again I always mention I work at a movie theater so I like to see how the audience is reacting to the movie and a lot of these people came out like saying like wow that was like really fun and really good and I'm like okay cool like At least I'll have that in the back of my mind. But it's not the the determining factor. But again, low expectations, whatever. So the movie plays out and it's a whole new set of new characters that are introduced here. And I'm like, cool, like I know there's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie from like the get-go. And uh, you know, again the director was very upfront about that. There was this little intro that played in front of the Clifford movie for a while, and it was like an interview with the director, Jason Reitman. And it was along with, alongside his father, Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters. And he's talking about like, oh, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie. I think it's better for me that I didn't know a lot of this stuff because I just want to see the story that's presented to me and if it's making any sense. So obviously, I'll try not to spoil it too much because again, the movie's still fresh. It's still new. And if you're, if you want to go see it, I mean, I at least have a two, three week rule where, unless it's something like I need to talk about it, like when Spider-Man comes out, that's going to be hard to avoid not talking about whatever happens in that movie but for ghostbusters I'll, I'll give it time to flesh out you know like a 44 million opening not i mean not everybody went went out to go see it this weekend so um but enough about that so overall i enjoyed this movie it's fun it's a it's a nice little kids adventure story for the most part this is a kid centric movie um, it's got elements of Spielberg all over it, you know, Goonies, you know, even, um, even harping back to the first It movie, like that was dealt with kids and the whole story was about them. Um, yes, there was adults. Yes, there was horror involved, but for the most part, it was like a kincentric centric story. Yes, they cursed in that movie and all that stuff. And even one of the, the, the kids is in it as well. The guy from Stranger Things, I don't even know his name. The guy looks like he's freaking... 20 years old now and like I think they're still doing the stranger Things series but aren't they all supposed to still be kids or I don't know whatever I don't watch that show you can shit on me for that or whatever that I don't know what's going on yeah I don't know but either way he's in this movie but the star of this movie is a girl by the name of McKenna Grace who plays uh the character named Phoebe a name I like right because it's one of the I think of Phoebe you think of friends so uh, I think my daughter's gonna enjoy that I know she was gonna go out and see it soon. Um, with her mom and, uh, I'm sure she'll catch that like, oh, Phoebe, like, yeah, friends. So that's cool. The character is very fun, like nerdy, uh, you know, just awkward. You know, I can relate a lot to that character, just very weird and very like, sarc. I don't want to say sarcastic, but just very like smarter than she appears. The whole movie is carried by her and, and her heart and her just willingness, willingness to learn about her family history and uh it's about the story's about her uh her mom played by carrie coon and uh the the kid from stranger things plays like the older brother so they're this family um and and of course the whole movie it's teasing that they're related somehow to one of the original ghostbusters who we find out in that movie is uh harold Ramis's character uh egon spangler uh again i don't know these characters names by heart i'm not a ghostbusters like you know, die hard, so, I think, what is it, Bill Murray's character's name's Vankman and, uh, I forgot what Dan Aykroyd's character's name is, Roy, I could be wrong, sorry, I don't, I, again, I don't have an attachment, I don't have a nostalgia for Ghostbusters, but I have seen the movie, but I don't, I don't know everything by heart, so, it's a story about them, and them moving out of the, the big city into, like, this, you know, very small town, and I think it's Oklahoma, uh, there's, there's cornfield we'll just say that and they're they're settling into this small town and they they are moving into to you know that house where harold Ravens' character had lived as an older guy still doing the ghostbuster stuff even though everybody else had moved on in their life there so there's a lot of connection there uh a lot of family you know just uh dissection di- division you know Father not being there for, for the mom and a lot of that stuff playing out. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more dramatic than I was thinking. Cause you know, when you think of the first Ghostbusters movie, it's wacky. It's more comedic than, than, than drama, uh, a little bit more scary and sci-fi. This is more like drama with elements of comedy splashed in and, and the horror is not so much like, or the sci-fi part of it is there, but it's not, to me, it wasn't as spooky as like the original Ghostbusters. Although if you're a small kid and you and you go watch this, I'm sure there'll be elements where you'll get spooked, but you know, I didn't find that and I'm not one that's fan of like jump scares in these movies <laughs> or just in any movie in general and there's a couple of jump scares here but they weren't like as intense as if you were watching like a horror movie, so um again, more family, more kid-friendly, more more goonies like that's the best way to describe this. More like, I don't know I don't know if anybody saw this movie when it came out is very underrated directed by JJ Abrams it was called Super 8 it was kind of like an homage to ET but it was a little bit more darker and the 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 alien was a little bit more mysterious or you didn't see it until the very end so it's kind of like that like the the story's very like you know it's more adult but it's 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 a kid's story if that makes any sense so yes there's the funny stuff in there with that character mckenna grace who i thought was fantastic and then paul rudd is in there um i didn't think he was going to be the star of this movie even though it was announced that he was in it right like he's probably you know outside of the Ghostbusters, the originals like he's the biggest name right in this thing because paul rudd's been around forever and then of course he got even bigger being casted as ant-man in the marvel cinematic universe so again he's all over the place and he's a bigger name so When he got casted in this, I'm like, oh, is he the main star? He's not. He's a supporting character. But it's great because the story is is more about the little girl. And you want to keep the focus on that. And then you add in elements of Paul Rudd doing what he does best. You know, he's the one that's reminding the characters in that movie, like, hey, like, there's stuff that happened here in the 80s back with the, you know, the original Ghostbusters and tying everything up and the story's all good in that like in leading up to the finale but then once we get to that third act and that final showdown i, I don't know it didn't work for me i like the parts with the new characters but then when you you got everybody back from the original you know obviously everyone that's still around and uh i don't know it just it didn't it didn't give me that like yeah baby like, like that clap moment right where everybody probably clapped in the theater like i wasn't there opening night so i didn't I didn't see how audiences were reacting to it or I didn't get a chance to go in and see audience reactions, but it, it just didn't do it for me. It just distracted. I just felt like it felt shoehorned in. There's a lot of stuff here that feels shoehorned in. Like, so they moved to this, this small town right in Oklahoma. And then at one point the, this character, another character from like the original movie shows up and like, she lives there too. And it's like, it didn't make any sense. I'm like, what? What are you doing here, like, out of nowhere? And again, that just felt shoehorned in. I'm not going to spoil it because there's a couple of cameos here. And then the end credit scene that also happens in this movie just feels completely out of nowhere and doesn't fit in this movie, even though it's got characters in it from the original movie. Like, it just didn't fit. It felt shoehorned in. And again, this movie, I think it could have been elevated more had you just completely... You can have the tie into the original, but not really like lean into it. Or like the third act of the movie is they're basically doing part one again. And it's like, Oh man, we're doing exactly like Star Wars, The Force Awakens here. Like where it's just the same thing, but with new characters. But even though the characters, the new characters introduced here are very likable. Uh, again, especially the, the character Phoebe played by McKenna Grace and I forgot who her, her friend is. His name is Podcast, right? The, the, that's, that's the character's name because he has a podcast, right? Ha 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 ha. And, uh, I don't know, that, that character was super funny. He had a lot of great one-liners. I don't know what the actor's name is. It's a kid. But him and, uh, Phoebe's character have such great chemistry. And again, I thought this was gonna be like, the way the trailers made it look, like there was a huge group of kids in this, but it's not. It's really like, just the, the, the little girl, Phoebe. And that character named, literally his name is Podcast. I don't even think he, they mention his real name, but, uh, th- their dynamic is great. It's what drives the movie and they're like, you know, just exploring and all that stuff with, with the, with the ghost, the ghost uh, thing and everything. So that works and all, all the stuff with Carrie Coon and, and Paul Rudd and their, you know, chemistry is also good. And Paul Rudd's just, you know, he's like, He's one of those bench players that you can bring in and he's going to be good almost like 98% of the time he's good in everything that he's in. Like, So I wasn't disappointed by that. He does his part well. Um, there's a scene in, in a Walmart where it becomes total product placement and it's just like that part was weird but again, Paul Rudd saves it. But this is total cash grab, like IP and it's like, man, like I hope We don't try to do this with all these different franchises, even though it's been done already, like with Star Wars, the biggest franchise you could possibly get. Um, And then there's also something that they do in the final act of this movie where I'm like, man, like, really? Like, like, really, like, we actually did this and I won't spoil it, but the best comparison I can make And I won't even fault the other movie for doing this because this was actually in production and the actor was still alive and tragically passed during it was Furious 7. And they had to add in a digital Paul Walker face onto the brother's uh, body to finish that movie on some of the scenes. So I I understand that completely for them to finish that movie because he was in it originally and he's in it for the most part. But here they do something... And it's like, man, like if I was a celebrity and I had my family and if they'd done something like this or if they did it with me, I'd be like, what a horrible like decision, very creepy and awkward. Uh, And I'm sure the family okayed this, but I just, I found it to be very weird and it took me out of it. In that moment, I was just like, no, they did it. They did not. But also like not completely shocked because this is a business, and studios are out to make money. So, again, I'm not gonna spoil it. But once you see the movie, you're gonna know what I'm talking about in that final thing that they do in the third act. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I don't know. That left me sour. But for the most part, like ninety percent of this movie is good. It's just that that ten percent with the overabundance of nostalgia references. And again just the shoehorning hor- in uh, of all the original characters and stuff just eh, I was like I could have done without it like we moved on it's we got to move forward move the story forward stop going back to the past or if you're going to do it at least weave it in like I mentioned earlier with Creed and Rocky and Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid like they're weaving it they're not leaning into it and this movie leans into it quite a lot and again if I didn't if I wasn't, if I was a diehard, then I would understand, oh, oh, they're referencing this. Of course, we get it. But I think it's good that I went in not knowing all of the Easter eggs or not knowing every little thing about it. And I was able to enjoy the new characters that were presented on the screen. And again, the standout is McKenna Grace is Phoebe. She's super young. She even sings a song in the end credits. I was like, Oh, what song is this? Like, I've never heard of this artist. And then I, uh, what is it? Shazam'd it. It's like McKenna Grace. Oh, she sings too. She's, she's, uh, double talented. She can act. She can sing. Well, singing to be determined. You know, I heard that one song, whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, thumbs up. You know, I'd give it a three out of four. It's enjoyable. It's rewatchable. I may buy it. It was, it was, it was quite a bit of a fun kids movie. I think, I think my kids are going to enjoy it. Um, so that, that'll be a nice rewatchability and they're going to come out with a cool steel book. And I'm all about collecting steel books right now. So, It was a fun movie. Is it perfect? No. Is any movie perfect? Some are. But for the most part, most movies, like, are... They're three stars. It's okay. Like, I enjoyed it. Is it one of the best of the year? Uh, I don't think it'll crack my top ten, but also I haven't seen a lot this year also when I look back on it. Um, And hopefully I'll get to watch more movies before we end 2021 and I can make a proper top ten list. But it was enjoyable. Three out of four stars. Uh, I recommend it. It's a good family movie. You know, Thanksgiving's this week. You know, if you're not going to go out, check out the latest Disney animated movie, Encanto. If you're not a a super adult into films like A House of Gucci, yeah, go check out Ghostbusters. It's a great watch for the family. It's a good matinee movie. It's also a good nighttime movie after you've had your turkey and you want to go, like, just enjoy a night out with the family. I recommend it. Ghostbusters Afterlife, fun, family-friendly film. And, again, if if you're leaning into... You're a diehard Ghostbusters fan. You're going to love everything about this movie. Like you'll give it a perfect 100. I promise you. Me, on the other hand, like I'll give it a 90. Again, a lot of heavy on the nostalgia. I could have done without in this probably movie. Without that, it probably would have gotten like a 95. Um, But still enjoyable. And that's Ghostbusters Afterlife in theaters now. And didn't get too spoiler heavy because it's still fresh uh, in theaters. Now, let's move on to my second movie, House of Gucci. Now, this one I'm going to try to not be spoilerific, even though there's not really, like, anything groundbreaking about this movie. Um, Went into the 7 o'clock showing tonight, the first show tonight, and it was a packed house. Like, that put, more than anything, that put more of a smile on my face than the actual movie itself. I was just like, (gasps) people still care about these movies. Like, incredible. Ridley Scott put out one about a month ago with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Adam Driver, too. And, like, nobody cared about it. And I thought that was the better movie. But, and I thought, like, going into this, I'm like, man, no one's going to go see this. But I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Lady Gaga. She's got a really huge fan base. And, you know, the the movie is really tailored to that female audience because Gucci, the, the fashion, all that stuff, like, That, that's right up their alley, but I don't know. Once they see this movie, they may not like it because it's more about the, the family dynamic of it and the, like, the toxic male masculinity and the running of an empire and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It doesn't break any ground. You know, it's a rags to riches story. We've all seen it or, you know, rich to richer, depending on how you look at the movie, but it doesn't break any new ground here. Like, And that's okay as long as the performances and the story is good. And the story is, like, it's good, but it it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is riveting. Like, you know, if this had, like, an Aaron Sorkin script, like, I'm sure it would be more sharper. But the performances are still, like, really well, like, well, well, well done. Um, Lady Gaga for sure is a lock to be nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars uh, come next year. She's great as a character of Patricia. I forgot what her last name is. There's a lot of Italian Gucci. They talk like this and Aldo and, you know, so there's a lot of that. That's a part of that is gimmick in the movie. So <laughs> the way people talk is kind of the thing that makes it entertaining and not poking fun at like accents like that or anything. But it, it makes the movie, it makes it feel like more of a character Um as if, it, because if there was just straight bland characters, like, no accents whatever let's see, it was just straight up like i mean it is you know caucasian for the most part but you know what i mean like there's a diversity of accent and 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 as you know just ethnicity and heritage and all that stuff um salma hayek is in this so you know don't catch me with the the no like oh my gosh there's there's no nobody of color in this movie um but yeah the performances are great lady gaga's is of course the best and you know it's well earned It's her movie. Um, I thought Al Pacino was fun. You know him doing the the accent. And just it's Pacino being Pacino. He knows how to ham it up. And then he knows where to like be intense. And then be sensitive. And like he has a wide range. He's like one of the goats of acting. So like there's really nothing to critique on him here. Will he get nominated for Best Supporting Actor? It's possible. But I think it will probably go to Jared Leto. Who like transforms in this movie again and again? Leto's one of these guys that will really get into a character and and really transform, even physically, to the point where like, if you're not like a diehard film fan and you walk into this movie, you're not gonna know that it's Jared Leto until you see the credits at the end. And his his performance is a little too over the top for me, where I could tell like, oh, he's trying, like he's trying to put on this accent, he's trying to do these different things, but. It's at least, it's it's not too over the top where I'm like, oh, to get this guy off my screen. Like, it was it was still a fun performance, and I think the Academy will recognize that, and he'll get a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Um, but that field is strong, too, so we'll see. For sure, maybe Golden Globes, that's probably a lock, but Oscars will wait and see, but it wouldn't shock me if he does. Um, everybody else is good here. Jeremy Irons, um, Adam Driver was probably the weakest part of this movie. Um, but that's only because the cast around him is just that I think they're just so much better driver kind of plays it straight here, even though he's also doing like the Italian accent and all that stuff, but he's just so like, he's so vanilla here to me. And and that's maybe because I've seen Adam driver in a lot of really good stuff in the last couple of years, even back to a month ago, he's also in the last duel, which was also directed by Ridley Scott. And I thought his performance there was more, it stood out more. But again, he was the co lead in that movie. Well, I guess he's kind of the co lead here too. But, you know, again, more great actors around him. Even Ga- Lady Gaga has shockingly done well in crossing over. You know, usually when these music stars go and do the movies, you're like, oh man, like they can do a movie, but they're better off singing. Lady Gaga really impressed in A Star is Born. And then now here in uh, in House of Gucci that I wouldn't be shocked if, like, I-, I could totally see Kevin Feige trying to write her something for the MCU. Like, I- I'm not saying, like, she's, like, you know, she may end up winning the Oscar for this movie. But, you know, I don't consider her, like, elite actress or anything. But she's, like, really good. Like, she's made that transition really well. So I can see her having a film career if she doesn't want to continue music. Or she could do both, like a Jlo Um but yeah, she's really, she's really like converted good into the acting world. So, you know, I want to see her like in a comedy. I think she could do it. Like she pulled off a lot of funny stuff here and got the crowd going, which was one of the interesting things about this movie. So I don't think this is spoilers giving away. Obviously this ends like in a betrayal traitor, like murder and all that stuff that's come to expect in these type of movies. So a lot of the audience here was female. Or at least there, a lot of them were on date nights or whatever. I, of course, I was one of the only few single people in the audience, whatever. Um But a lot of, like, clapping and woo! And, yeah, from the ladies, like, just cheering Gaga's character on, even though she kind of, like, does a dirty deed towards the end of this movie. And, like, people, the women were cheering it on. And I'm like, this is awful. Why are you cheering this? This is an awful thing to do. Even though, like, she was kind of, like, wronged a little bit and, you know, deals with, like, you know cheating and all that stuff and yeah that's an ugly thing but what she decides to do to solve that or get revenge back on and women were like "Whoa, yeah 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 like well deserved and i just found that i was like raised my eyebrows like just reverse the roles if men were cheering this kind of behavior on like how would that look i don't know i just found that funny like don't take me so serious on that it's just something i i noticed and i thought i found it to be hilarious i chuckled i wasn't like mad like how dare they cheer her on like no it's just like This one thing that I noticed about it, but again, I think the movie's a little too long too. Like, you know, I've been, I've been very grumpy palace on that with the with the Marvel movies, and you know, I kind of like let it pass for dramas like this, like Last Duel. I think it's two and a half hours, but that like earned it because there's like it earns all of its story time. Here in House of Gucci, like there was a moment where I was like, oh man, they could have trimmed like probably probably like 15 minutes out of this movie because there's just some stuff that just the scenes drag on for a little bit even though i'm all about character development but there's like certain scenes where it's like okay we get the gist of what's happening here like trim it by a little bit and just go 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 like make it make it pop a little bit more and um but i get it you know this movie is total it's total oscar bait uh in terms of like because this is like an actor showcase right like if you if you see the script for this and you know, the character that you're going to play, you're seeing if this script gets given to Pacino, he's like, OK, he's going to do something with it to make it pop and, and and be like, you know, a little bit out there with it. Jared Leto, you're seeing it like he's completely transforming and just doing so much, a little too much, but, you know, doing something with it. Um, So it's such an actor showcase and so like it's so going to be Oscar bait and full of memes, like, with Leto and Pacino. There, there's a couple of things in here where you're like, you can totally make memes out of this movie. And even the whole Lady Gaga's leaning into this. Like, I think she's still in character for some reason. Like, she's still speaking with that accent. Like, in, I think I saw her do an interview and she was still speaking like that. I was like, I know you don't talk like that in real life. And I think she just got a TikTok and she did that whole, father, son, and house of Gucci. Like, you know, just all that stuff. Like, cool. Like, she's hamming it up. She's gonna lean into this and play into it. It's it's good for her Oscar campaign. Like But that's what I'm saying. Like it's an actor's showcase to just be wild and in this rags to riches story where again it's not breaking new ground, but it's a lot of fun. I I I enjoyed it. Could it be a could it have been trimmed? Yes, but it's still an enjoyable movie. Go see it if you like actors acting. There's no cgi there's no explosions or random special effects like this is just a story of characters and 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 actors getting to act i love that there's an actress in in this movie that showed up earlier this year in Stillwater with matt damon i was like i want to see more of this actress i got to get her name she's she's she looks fairly new to me so i need to get her name she's in this um again a lot of little small supporting roles uh, Jack Houston's in this. He's great as like the attorney lawyer for the Gucci's or just like the the consultant, whatever, however you want to call it. Just all these little performances. And again, two movies in a row from Ridley Scott where uh, he's going to get Oscar nominations out of both of these movies now. I think Last Duel is far superior as a film and I think that'll get nominated for Best Picture. Maybe he'll get best director for that one as well, but he's going to get all the acting nominations out of uh out of House of Gucci. Probably one for Last Duel for Ben Affleck. But um yeah, no, bravo to Ridley Scott, man. Like two two movies like this back to back, even though one's stronger than the other, but still like quality, quality. This is like it's not on a It's not like Robert De Niro in 1995 doing Casino and then Heat like back to back or Heat and Casino, I forgot which one came first. It's not like that, where it's like two A-plus movies. I would give, like, <clears throat> Last Duel is like an A-plus. House of Gucci is more like a B-plus. But it's probably got better performances. But overall, as a movie, I think The Last Duel is better. And it, and I hate to compare the two, only because it's the same director. But, you know, it's all about your taste and what you like. And uh I think commercially, House of Gucci is probably going to do better. Again, it's got the Gaga, you know factor in it she's got a huge fan base and and it's a more marketable movie you know again this is more for the instagram like influencer crowd the gucci the high-end fashion that lifestyle which is again i i think it was a and i'm trying not to poke fun at this the this female fan base that was in this movie but i think it's more of that crowd like the very sophisticated like that top end of fashion and that lifestyle or like you know I don't relate to any of that Gucci the fashion or whatever I don't dress like that I don't spend money like that cool if you're if you're into that I just it's not my thing and i i sometimes I find it to be too materialistic like especially when in terms of like <laughs> dating somebody like that like I know like if I dated somebody I, I don't think I would mesh well with somebody that's into Gucci and you know Prada and all that like all that high end fancy stuff like no I'm very simple like um. Or maybe that's just me being picky or whatever, but I don't know. I, I don't relate to that, but I could see why the Instagram generation will flock more to this than they would to like a last duel. That That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody or, or what they're into and whatnot, but that's that's just how, how I see it from a marketing standpoint. Like this movie, House of Gucci, is more marketable. And again, it was a jam-packed auditorium, which I loved that everybody showed up for a movie like this where there's no superheroes there's no capes, there's no flying. there's no explosions. It's just characters acting in a story and giving giving good performances again. Oscars will be coming for this movie nominations for sure um and that's my double featured review of Ghostbusters Afterlife and House of Gucci. Would I recommend one over the other? I mean, I guess uh. It, again, it depends on what your taste is and what you look. If you're if, if you're a family, go see Ghostbusters, obviously. But if you got like a date night or whatever, you're with your significant other, go check out House of Gucci. Uh, you'll you'll see some stuff in there where you're like, oh man, don't ever wrong your ex or anything like that. So you never know what can happen. <laughs> whatever. Um, but that's that's uh, that's going to do it for my reviews. And let's take one final break, and when we come back, uh, I'm going to give you a look, because this is not the end for this podcast. There's other stuff coming this week, so I'll get you ready for that as we continue on Thanksgiving week here on Palace Off the Top Rope. Stick around. We'll be right back. Are you ready? What are you doing with my Bernardo, sister? No, no. Your brother has something to say to you. I apologize for behaving last night like like a gangster. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm gonna think for myself. Hey. Bernardo, thanks to kid. you are a kid, kiddo. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life at home. Hey. Run away with me. You don't want to start, maybe? With I'd like to take you out to coffee. <laughs> West Side story PG 13 only in theaters December 10th welcome back to the show and West Side story from Steven Spielberg coming to theaters December 10th am I gonna cover that movie on this podcast probably not and uh you know it's nothing against musicals like it really for those that it really has to be like a certain thing to pop at me like the last one I saw was like the greatest showman with Hugh Jackman I thought that was really well made the songs were good and everything. But those are hit and miss with me and and again Spielberg, who's one of the best directors ever, he's also hit and miss with me. Like I don't catch everything that he's done. Um like I'll see something like The Post with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep about like, you know, journalism and stuff like that. But I didn't watch Ready Player One. And uh so, you know, Spielberg again, it's it's uh again, it depends on what the topic and what the movie's about, so but nothing about West Side Story is really popping to me. Like, it doesn't look any, that much different from In the Heights from earlier this year, and I didn't watch that one either. It just didn't grab my interest. And that one doesn't look as soulful as and as colorful as In the Heights did. And, and I'm sure In the Heights was pretty good. You know, a, a lot of people I read online about it, a lot of people liked it, but nobody went out to see it in theaters. Um, as far as this one doing business in, in in the theater that I'm at, I don't. I'm not expecting it to do anything. I'm expecting it to really be like. In the Heights where it just really came and went. But. This one is a theater exclusive so. It might draw a little bit more. Than in the Heights. Because in the Heights was also. HBO Max simultaneously. But you know. I I got a lot of stuff planned for December. And I got guests that are going to come on. Because the two biggest movies of December. Are Spider-Man. No Way Out. And The Matrix Resurrections. So. I for sure have booked my buddy Paco to come back and we're going to talk about the Matrix, the trilogy, and then we're going to talk about the new one. Whether I need to get with him, whether he wants to watch the new one and then do everything together as one or talk about the trilogy and then just what we are ex- not expecting, but what we think this new one's going to be. I'll get with him and brainstorm with him, see what he wants to do. I'm down for either or. Um, and then a lot of Spider-Man stuff coming up. Uh I've got a lot of, you know, coworkers and I've got uh a buddy of mine, uh, of course he's been on the show before, Brandon McLaughlin, um diehard Spider Man fan, so we're gonna figure out something there. I think I wanna do the movie review with him just because I think he'll look at it more through an unbiased lens, and that's what I really want. So that way Because when you have somebody with an unbiased lens like he does, you can have a deeper conversation. For as like I got coworkers of mine that are really into it, but they're like so into it that sometimes they're a little too biased. And if you say something negative about it, it's like they get turned off right away. And that's not, not a knock on them. If they love it, cool. Like great for them. They lean into that. But as far as like having a conversation, like I can, if there's something I want to dissect and, and and hit on that maybe I didn't like, he can at least like respect that. And, and, and at least um, have the conversation about it. So I think for the actual review of the movie, I'm going to want to bring him on, and, and we'll talk about that. Um, as I mentioned, this is not the end of Palace Off the Top Rope this week. So coming up tomorrow, in all-new SM Football Marks podcast with Abraham Derevino. We're going to preview Week 12 of the NFL, which includes games on Thursday for Thanksgiving. There's going to be three of them. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, again, the NFL is really right in thanksgiving and on is where we really start to see the real team so these episodes are going to start to get more intense and as we head into super bowl 56 so we'll see what happens there i'm having a great time with abe on that show we're doing tremendous the 90s films turn 30 series is coming back and i'll probably drop that episode on thanksgiving day or if not on black friday and it's going to be a double feature of beauty and the beast and Cape Fear from director Martin Scorsese. What a, only a double feature I could come up with. And uh, another tease for that for that spinoff show. So one of the movies I'm going to be tackling is Father of the Bride. And that's going to be coming towards the end of December. I locked in my special guest that I'm going to bring on for this episode. And uh, it's somebody that I had been wanting for a while as it pertains to that movie. So uh, I talked to them this week. They're totally down for it. I'm excited. So... That's going to be coming also later in December, so a lot of stuff going on. So, I, again, sorry if I, I, don't, I don't get to talk about West Side Story or any of the other movies, really, that are coming out in December, like Sing 2. Um, there's a, a Denzel Washington movie coming out that he's starring in and also a movie that he's directing. So there there's different stuff. American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. You know, I love the NFL, but will I watch a movie about Kurt Warner? I don't... Well, I have time for it? I don't know. And I'm not saying I'm like the busiest person in the world, but, you know, balancing the stuff that I actually want to do, but then balancing work and, 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 and my kiddos are growing and 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 them wanting my attention and, you know, doing stuff with them. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on. So, again, I don't mean no disrespect if I don't cover a lot of this stuff, but feel free to call me out and say, hey, we want you to talk about this because if there's something you want me to talk about, uh, then then I'll put it on the show. Like, right? Like you all need to drive this show too, not just what I want. So, but if I don't hear the feedback, I'm just going to continue doing the stuff that I want to talk about. Um, so yeah, that's all this week. So there's still episodes to come. So never fear if you, if you got a, a lonely Thanksgiving, like I'm probably going to have, I'm going to spend it working and then I'll be at home and I'll probably watch like Rocky or friends or something that'll just keep me in comfort, you know, around the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, if you find yourself, In a state where you you think you're lonely, just just put on put on little palace off the top rope. I'll be in your ear. I got your back. I'll have content for you to listen to. Is it the best content? No. Am I the best talker? No. But I got your back. I'll I'll be there for you. You know, I'll I'll extend my arm out to you. Like just reach out. I'll be there. I promise. Um. And as I mentioned next week, and with this little gap of there not being movies until like Spider Man. Uh, I can dive in more into the television shows. Again, I'm going to go into Hawkeye, which what I'm recording this right now. I'm going into like 2, 3 in the morning. So it should be on Disney Plus right now. So I'm going to catch that. Um, another TV show, it's sports related, but I'm, I'm watching is The Man in the Arena. It's the Tom Brady 10-part uh, series that's airing on ESPN Plus. I think you can get it for like 6 bucks, And it's covering every Super Bowl that he's been in. So that's ten, right? Like that's incredible. That a feat that I don't know if it'll ever be reached again. Um, so they're going through each Super Bowl, and obviously the the fun ones are the ones that he's won. Obviously, but I'm very I'm going to be very interested when it comes to the episodes where where they talk about Super Bowl, what is it, forty two, forty six, and and fifty two, because those are the Super Bowls he's lost. Two of them to the Giants and one of them to the Eagles. So I think those episodes are going to be a little bit more juicy, and we may get more into Brady's psyche, into how he's still feeling about those losses. Because I'm sure they got to haunt him to his core. You know, those stick with him more than the wins, as he's mentioned before. So those episodes, I think, are going to be more. uh There's going to be a lot of content you can pull out of that. The other ones are are fine, you know, because it's all happy and all that stuff. Even though you're getting like some interesting stories from from people, so. I started that last week, so it's only one episode in, and I got to catch up on that too. The, the second episode's out already. So again, next week, more more TV-centric, and I can talk about Hawkeye. I can talk about the man in the arena. We'll see if I get to Yellowstone or if I'm going to wait a little bit more. But yeah, just, uh yeah. More content coming in the next couple of weeks as we finish off the year of 2021. Again, guys, thank you so much for all of you that have tuned in. Um, the SM Football Marks has just outdone my expectations it's doing really well in the numbers and um you know i'm getting back into the groove of doing my regular show too so you know as the more movies come out i'll have more episodes to put out there for you because i don't just want to put content out there just to put it like i want it to actually be about something and um you know I, i know it's called palace off the top rope i'll try to get more wrestling centric on it too But right now, AEW is the only thing going on, and they don't do events as often as WWE does. So whenever they do come to a pay-per-view, I'm going to get better about taking time out for that into preview and and just everything going on with AEW storyline-wise because they're just doing incredible stuff uh, top to bottom. Can't praise them enough. But that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, Ghostbusters Afterlife is on theaters now. So is House of Gucci. I recommend both of them, but if I have to recommend one over the other, probably Ghostbusters. You know, it's a, it's a more, I don't wanna say well-rounded film, but it's, you leave, you leave out of that more fun. Whereas House of Gucci kinda ends on a downer, but great performances. But again, both recommended by me. You know, we'll see what's to come with later on in Spider-Man and The Matrix. Fun stuff coming up. I'm excited. You can find this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace off the top rope. Hit that follow button. I would greatly appreciate it. I do share this podcast link through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Through podbean.com. You can download the app. You can listen in there. All the past episodes of this show are on there. Or if you're an Apple person, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can download the app. Or the app comes if you have the iPhone or the iPad or whatever. And just subscribe, give me five stars just, just to help in the data and help this podcast climb in the charts. Uh, I really don't know where I chart like in in terms of like all the podcasts in the world or in terms of like categories like entertainment, whatever. I I would like to see that stuff. I I am looking into, you know, have to get with Roger Trevino on that. He's, he's, he's better at looking up stats and all that stuff for the podcast. Um, also on Facebook, if you, if you have the Facebook app, um, you can actually listen straight through the Facebook app. Like the, my podcasts immediately post onto there where you don't have to click the link and it takes you somewhere else. Like you can listen straight off Facebook, uh, as if it's like, and you can turn it into a little mini player and do everything else. So that's cool that Facebook's doing that. I'm also on iHeartRadio, Amazon, Podcast, Pandora also. You know, I'm, I've tried to get it at, on as many platforms as possible. So, However you listen to your podcast, whether you're at the gym, you're at home, you're on the drive home, you're on the drive to work, uh, I, I appreciate it so much, guys. I, I can't thank you enough, and I, I'm continuing to grow this thing, and and the numbers are looking good, and I've got other projects and other stuff that I'm trying to get off the ground and going. I've started to do more stuff on my YouTube channel as far as like physical media um, reviews and eventually i'm going to get my show started with jake ramirez where we're going to do physical media hunting and, and and reviews and all that stuff just more more video stuff because i know that's the popular thing on youtube and uh, me and abe for the sm football marks are going to do our first live cast uh on monday december 6th for the patriots bills monday night football showdown which is going to be huge for me my my nerves are going to be through the roof um and you'll get all of our live reactions and we'll discuss everything about the nfl but again in video format so hopefully y'all will tune in we'll we'll link you all and all that stuff so a lot of fun stuff to come so again i just appreciate all the support and i'm having a blast doing all of this it's not overwhelming me i I just i love to do it so that's going to do it for this episode thank you guys so much and we'll see you we'll see you later later this week more stuff coming at you thank you god bless you